Strike Zone. ABC Grandstand's baseball show. Hi there, Chris Coleman dusting off home plate and getting into another edition of Strike Zone on ABC Grandstand Digital, where this week, while the future of baseball in Australia is being discussed at the Baseball Australia Summit on the Gold Coast, we're going to turn our attention to one of the Australian Baseball League clubs in particular. That is the Melbourne Aces, who will be under the stewardship of a new manager in 2014-15. The process of hiring said manager is just underway, but Phil Dale, who will be departing the role, uh, will be with us on the program today, as will the general manager of the Melbourne Aces, Windsor Knox. Women's baseball on the program today as well. Team Australia, now known as the Emeralds in the women's team. Simone Wern is the manager of the Emeralds and she will be leading them to the Women's Baseball World Cup in Japan in September. Where are the preparations at for that? You'll find out, find out today on Strike Zone. And if you'd like to interact with the program via Twitter, you can do that with me at CJCAU or with Warwick Petherbridge. He's at It's Was Time. That's Was with the W-O-Z. And Was will be with us in a few minutes to look at some of the stuff that you might have missed from the world of baseball as well. Loads of fun. Hope you can stay with me for the next 30 minutes here on ABC Grandstand Digital. Strike Zone. Well, the Australian Baseball League lost another link with its first season uh, this year when long-standing manager of the Melbourne Aces, Phil Dale, decided to call it a day. Phil, welcome back to Strike Zone. Hey, Chris. How are you doing? I'm well. Uh, what led to the decision for you to pull the plug? Oh, it was more or less. It wasn't exactly the way it was written. <laughs> uh, I think they were opening up applications. Uh, they, they told me they were going to open up and investigate applications for to look for another manager. So uh, were you going to uh, be invited to reapply or were you sort of... Uh... Yeah, they invited me to reapply, but under my understanding, I've never really reapplied for a position. <laughs> it's more or less, I think they felt like they could look on and uh, see what else is out there and uh, maybe take them another step further. So uh, that's their prerogative and uh, that's fine. I, I love the league. I love the team and, uh, you know, it's... Baseball in general, you're not going to do it for the rest of your life. So I fully understand that. Maybe there's another opportunity that arises. Uh, you do have uh, uh, fingers in a number of pies in baseball. Uh, uh, do, does that help in circumstances like this? Oh, absolutely, yeah. No, I'm a, I'm a full-time director of scouting in the uh, around the world so <laughs> for the Atlanta Braves. I've been for 25 years. So that's very important. I used to take time off from that to, uh, to try to develop Australian baseball. So... Uh, you know, I just go back into that more heavily. And, of course, uh, your roles with the Australian team and, and, and various other academy programs? Absolutely. I mean, they're always... A, uh, they come up and go at different times, but I'm the Australian... I've been the Australian pitcher coach for a long time, and uh, I work the academy. So, yeah, I've got a lot of a lot of things in baseball, you know, and, and hopefully a lot of things in Australian baseball. That's, that's my... My love is Australian baseball. I was an Australian kid that came through the system, and... and uh, I guess at my age now, I just want to give more opportunities to Australian kids and uh, give them what I had. All that said, would you have liked one more go? Oh, I, I love the Australian Baseball League. I love the competition. I love uh, getting out there. So, yeah, absolutely, yeah. I, you know, I'd love to keep uh, kept it going, but I'm also realistic and realise uh, yeah, the general manager wanted to look elsewhere and uh, see what was out there. And uh, same with a couple of the directors who... Uh, uh, run the club and they have the full right to and uh, I'm not bitter about it it's just the way baseball is let's have, let's have a look at your time at the Aces uh, specifically the ABL side of it but of course you know you led the, the as they were then the Victoria Aces to a Claxton Shield just before the ABL got underway uh, been ups and downs for the Melbourne Aces though yeah that's right uh, you know we've had different yeah you know, there's been different 
expectations on each club um, uh, through the league as far as imports and different things. I, I guess we got off to a great start with that first championship. I think the next one we we almost sniffed it, came within one hit of winning a second one there, or uh, around the uh, that was the third third season in, and then. Uh, had a tough one, the fourth one. Had a very young club and not a lot of imports, and then uh, strengthened them up last year. But unfortunately, I was one win off uh, Sydney. Actually, brought me to a halt. One win off finishing in second place and having a home series last year. Uh, could be said one controversial playoff uh, making it through there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Okay, let's talk about some of the individuals. You've had a lot of players come through. Who are some of the ones you will remember as as good guys to have have coached at the Aces? Oh, yeah, honestly, every year there's great players in your club, and uh, I've, I've had a lot of these guys since they're ten years old, and uh, uh, through the juniors, through academies, everything. So, you know, you got your Shane Lindsay's, your Adam Bright's, yeah, Brad Harmon. He's he's outstanding to watch defensively. Got your Justin Hubers. You got. I'm really enjoying all the young kids. We've got an abundance of young professionals coming through, and in a couple of years, I see the Aces being. A, a really strong club. I mean, we've had over 12 guys sign. You know, your Daryl Georges of the world, uh, uh, Louis Thorpe, I love watching him throw at the moment. So every year there's just more and more kids coming through. And what about uh, on the other side of the coin? Is there anything you would have done differently? Oh, not really. No, no, no. Like I said, you have certain limitations on you. Uh, you know, there's a lot of... It's not like... The league is running. You know, they're giving so many imports to Canberra and so many to here, so many to there. I guess they look at Sydney and Melbourne uh, in different eyes and sort of uh, uh, gave them a, a, a tougher start at the, thinking they've got an abundance of players. But once again, when you've got a team like Perth out there uh, who are mature and have mature players out there, things will change over time. So uh, as far as... I think it's becoming more equal every year and, uh, you know, it's an equal playing field every year, which makes it uh, what you do with your local players more important. And, Phil, as we wrap up, uh, and I'll call this your last interview with Strike Zone as the head coach of the Aces, even though (laughs) you've you've stepped aside or call it what you will. Uh, What advice would you give to the next bloke in charge? Oh, no, I mean, they've got a wealth of talent coming through, there's no doubt, so... Whoever takes uh, control of this club will have a lot of success with it. So, you know, I, I guess uh, with the youth and that, a lot of hard yards have been done. What I see coming through is outstanding. It's just a matter of the right imports in there and uh, uh, making the mix happen on any given year. Yeah. Are you a good spectator? Uh, yeah, I do that for a living. So <laughs> <laughs> I see a lot of baseball games. Look, I'm, I'm around and I'll be around the game. I mean, I might even be involved in some capacity with the Aces. I haven't yet talked about that yet so we'll see what happens down the future who knows where I am what I'm I'll, be, I'll definitely be in Australian baseball in some capacity some way and hopefully uh, in the National League uh, somewhere somehow well um, that's reassuring and great to hear that uh, we'll be keeping in touch with you in some way shape or form on strike zone as well in whatever role that is in Australian baseball but uh, over the, the duration of this program and even longer you've been the man in charge at the Melbourne Aces and it's uh, you've always been accessible, always been easy for us to talk to, and really appreciate that. So thanks for everything you've done for uh, for the Melbourne Aces. No worries, Chris. Thank you. It's Phil Dale on ABC Grandstand Digital. Strike Zone with Chris Coleman.
Well, let's see what the direction for the Melbourne Aces is now. The GM of the uh, Aces is Windsor Knox. Windsor, welcome back to Strike Zone. G'day, Chris. How are you? Um, well, thanks. Uh, a slightly, uh, I don't think we can say upset, Phil Dale there. Yes, yes. It's, uh, it's been an interesting week and an interesting month and uh, an interesting journey over the past five years, hasn't it? Uh, it has. Can I just ask, what was your take, or you know, what's your side of the of the story there that's seen Phil uh, depart as the the manager of the Aces? Well, I mean, you know, Phil's got it right. I mean, Phil's uh, you know, Phil's been around for five years, and um, one thing we established uh, last year uh, from a board level was a what we call the Baseball Operations Subcommittee, and uh, they went through and just reviewed all the processes and. Um, it was an understanding that uh, we were going to put the jobs out in the marketplace uh, and have uh, have the coaches reapply for their roles. Okay, and Phil was aware of that? Absolutely, yes. Okay, seems like uh, uh, a potential little bit of misunderstanding in there, but let's move along, shall we? Let's go to the future for the Aces. You know, what do you do now? Do you look to change direction in a big way? Uh, no, listen, we, we, we put it on the marketplace now and there's some feelers out, uh, uh, both, uh, in Victoria and around Australia. And, uh, you know, we're also looking overseas as well. We've got, you know, some of the affiliated clubs that we work with, uh, you know, want to send coaches and managers potentially over that are grooming. Um, but you know, we've got also a lot of great players that are, uh, you know, getting towards the end of their careers that are looking for coaching roles as well. So this is a massive opportunity, I think not only for the Aces, but I think for the sport to, to start grooming some of those next coaches that are coming along. Oh, and you look at it, Michael Collins, who coached Canberra the championship a couple of years ago, he's now coaching the Fort Wayne Tin Caps in, uh, in minor league ball over in the States. Uh, yep. you know, that's a big plus for someone who can do well with a team in the ABL. Has that helped, or is that helping, in the early stages of this search for a new manager at the, age, at the Aces? Yeah, yeah, I think it does. And you know, this league is more exposed than it was uh, during year one. And uh, you, you look at the number of affiliates we have coming over and the amount of interest we had in the draft last year from players. And, um, you know, it's only going to get probably twofold this year from interest in potential managers and players wanting to come over. So it, it's all a very positive thing. Now, how are you going about the search? Um, we listed on sports people uh, uh, last week to start it out. Uh, and uh, we'll start making some contacts uh, you know, here at the baseball summit this week here in the Queensland, we'll start talking to some people here and, uh, we'll see who's interested. You know, the other thing is that we're not really sure who's interested until you actually put it on the marketplace. So, uh, we might, we might be surprised at who might, uh, who might put their hand in for, for the role. I mean, Australian baseball is in an, an interesting position. I think is probably a good way of putting it when it comes to finding coaches and managers because, uh, because of the timing of our season, uh, you know, you're talking here. Uh, you're on the hunt for a manager, but it's the start of the uh, the season in the Northern Hemisphere. There's going to be a lot of pers- prospective coaches or managers who, right now, are focused on the very early stages of a season where they're hoping to do well and may not necessarily be looking around for something in six months' time. Yeah, it could be, but you could also have a guy that might be a he might be a first base coach. He might be a, a hitting coach on a single A, double A, triple A club that is looking to actually take over the helm of a team. So um, you get guys that are looking for the off-season. I mean, they're planning off-season stuff now, so what am I going to do when the season's done in October? Am I going to go to the Caribbean League? Am I going to go to the Mexican League? Am I going to go to the Australian Baseball League? So people are thinking about those kinds of things. And, you know, from a from a structural standpoint, a lot of the clubs uh, over in the States, they look to see, you know, where their coach is going to be, where their manager is going to be, and, you know, who's going to be managing at single-A, double-A, triple-A. So there's, there's the, the thought process is there. Um, but, you know, 
for us, it might be that we, we, we could find somebody that's actually probably been here before. Um, but like I said, there, there could be somebody within the ranks of, uh, you know, the state of Victoria or in Australia that wants to take over a team that's been involved in the sport for quite some time. So you just never know. But the first thing you got to do is you got to put it in the market and see who's actually going to apply for it. What would make the ideal coach for the Aces, in your opinion? Um, listen, I think somebody that knows the landscape, uh, understands, uh, you know, the, the, the ABL in general, but if you get somebody that you know, is knowledgeable in baseball, somebody that can, you know, they can, they can build, uh, you know, build a good nucleus from what we have. Obviously we had a great team last year, but I think somebody that's going to come in and take charge and, um, understand, uh, you know, the league in general. And, uh, you know, it's got to be somebody that, uh, obviously, uh, you know, from a PR and a, a fan standpoint, somebody that's good with the people, the public, and the fans, and obviously somebody that uh, you know the, the, the players can uh, can cling on to. And how long do you hope to uh, take to make the decision? Um, listen, we'd love to have something done by the by the end of May. Um, I think adding some stability to the club would be good. So, um, but that's going to depend upon the you know the applicants that actually apply for the role. But I think uh, we're going to try and close applications on the fifth by fifteenth of May and. Um, hopefully by the 31st, maybe have something. And they might have something ready to announce. But uh, like I said, it's going to depend upon the not only the number of candidates, but the quality of the candidates. So we we don't want to, uh, you know, Phil uh, Phil was a was a stalwart for the organization, and uh, they're tough shoes to fill. I mean, uh, uh, so we got to find somebody that's going to be able to fill the, fill those shoes and more. And Phil Dahl did say there that he'd hopefully be able to still have some sort of a role around the Aces. You're open to that as well. Oh, uh, listen! I spoke to Phil on the phone a couple of days ago, and I said, "Man, I need you. I mean, you're you're uh, you're the you're the guy that uh, you know that I've always looked to for you know for for guidance and uh, assistance, and we worked well together. We've been around since uh, since day one, and um, having him part of the organization would be fantastic. Because as we continue to grow, the league's going to continue to grow. Uh, the team's going to requirements are going to be a lot more of operations and scouting and things like that. So, absolutely love to have him." And if a second team turns up in Melbourne down the track, you don't want him coaching against you, do you? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a good point. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Wrap him up. Long-term deal. Elder spokesman for the for the Aces. That's right. No, I mean, you know, uh, you know, I, what what more can be said about what Phil's done for you know for the Aces and the organization? But uh, um, yeah, it's uh, interesting times. Yeah, indeed, Winds and Ox is always good to speak to you. Thanks, Chris. Winds and Ox, general manager of the Melbourne Aces. ABC Grandstand's baseball show, Strike Zone, with Chris Coleman. Let's move on to women's baseball, and it's exciting times in women's baseball 2014. There is a World Cup. It's in Japan, 1st to the 7th of September, and I suspect that the Japanese will get behind it as they do with anything baseball. Let's find out how the Australian preparations are going. Simone Wern is the manager of the Emeralds, as they are now called, otherwise known to many of us as Team Australia. Simone, welcome back to Strike Zone. Thank you for having me. It's always great to be back on the show. Now, the Australian team, if I remember my rankings correctly, go into the draw for the World Cup, equal third ranked in the world alongside Canada. Does that help you in the draw? Uh, I wouldn't have thought so, Chris. I think we're, we're ranked. I mean, those rankings um, through IBAF are based on a few things, but we're ranked fourth in the world. We've been... Um, apart from our 2010 silver medal in Venezuela, we've been clearly the fourth-ranked team over the past probably eight to ten years. So we're looking to obviously improve on that in Japan. 
Now, it's a new format for the 2014 Women's Baseball World Cup, a more, a more streamlined format, but also one where quite literally every game will count. Yeah, I think it's great. I, um, I had a look at the format last night that was released by IBAS, and I think it's fantastic. Um, I think uh, as, the, as the manager, I'm really excited that we've drawn Japan. Um, it'll be a great way to probably get the tournament started for us uh, facing the, the past three World Cup champion team in their home country with a massive crowd, you know, welcome to the World Cup and that's what it'll be from the very start for our girls and that's what we need. So you reckon that'll be the, the, the pipe opener for the whole thing, Japan v Australia on diamond number one to get it all underway? Well, I'm not sure if that game will be number one, but I do know that Group A will play at the main stadium. Japan's group will play at the main stadium, so... Um, that's good in itself that we get to play at that, you know, the the sort of main venue for our first round robin. I think that's a, a great thing for our team. But I think being in front of all those Japanese supporters playing Japan in the round robin will really help us as we move through the tournament. Now let's talk about your other opposition, uh, Venezuela and Hong Kong, the other two sides in Group A. Uh, Venezuela won't be a knockover? No, they certainly won't. And the girls have proven that there's been some tough competition over the years in Venezuela. Obviously, they defeated Australia in one on one occasion and then um, Team Australia actually defeated them in a semi-final to make their way through to the final. So, you know, they, they go about their business um, pretty... They're pretty tough opposition, let's put it that way. They play the game very hard. So, But as I said, in the same light as Japan... Uh, Facing teams like that early on in the tournament can only hold you in good stead for, for the latter stages. And Hong Kong, what do we know about Hong Kong? Because they're a bit of a surprise packet that they've made it into this 18 tournament. They're ranked number 13 in the world. Yeah, I'm not quite sure how that works, Chris, to be honest. But look, it's great to have Hong Kong back in the in the World Cup. And I, I've actually had a little bit of history playing against Hong Kong um, in my time at the Phoenix Cup, which is a tournament that's held in Hong Kong every February. I've been to that tournament four times. Um, once as the national team, uh, national under-18 team coach. So I do know a few of those girls, um, and I suspect that they'll, they'll have improved since the last World Cup, which they were at probably six years ago. So, but look forward to playing them as well. Okay, now Group B on the other side of things, USA, Canada, uh, Taipei and the Netherlands. We don't need to worry too much about them at this stage of things. But uh, this new format, it's really interesting. Um, it, it almost draws on, on the Cricket Super Sixes stage for, for its format for the second round. Once you've played everyone, then you play, if, you, if you go through, you play the top two from the other group. Yeah, I think it's a great format. Uh, when I saw it this, early this morning, when I saw it for the first time, I was really excited Chris, the, the, the first of all, obviously getting to play Japan early, but then getting to, if we can get ourselves through that first round and, and be in a position where we're most likely going to be playing against Canada and the USA, um, you know, it's a real challenge for, for, for any team. So really think the format is a good one and looking forward to being a part of it. And if you can knock off Japan early in the piece, it really gives you that tactical advantage because you then wouldn't meet them again until the final. Yeah, it does, and I think in this case, obviously, you want to you want to go out and win every game, and, and an early win would help us for a variety of reasons. But in this situation, even if you you weren't to get across the the line against Japan, but you found yourself through to round two, you, you're still in a great position to come up against them later in the tournament. 
Indeed. Well, we'll be keeping an eye on the build-up and, of course, the tournament itself from the 1st to the 7th of September. It's a pretty compact format, baseball every day for eight days, and uh, we hope that Australia makes it through to the pointy end. Uh, let's talk about you and, uh, and the uh, manager's role there at the Emeralds. How has it been, go- how's it been going? Yeah, it's been going well. It's, it's obviously a very challenging role, um, being the manager of a national team in any sport. So uh, I'm really enjoying being a part of it, really enjoying the work I'm getting to do with the players. Um, you know, across the, the country, uh, we've had a couple of camps. We had an All-Star game, an ABL All-Star game we're a part of. And a number of great things have happened for our, our program and our team throughout the last 12 months to 18 months. And that's you know, notably, Baseball Australia have come on board and and um and have been providing us some great support. So a lot of thanks has to go out to them. Well, great things, uh, great to hear that things are going along well for you. And uh, obviously, building up for a very big month of September. What do you do between now and then to lead up to the World Cup for 2014? Ah, uh, yeah, it is a big few months. So we're used to playing the World Cup in July. So being a little bit later, I think is is great for us. It gives us a little bit more time and it gives us some better weather to training. Chris, I think down here in Melbourne we were training in the ice and um, very cold Sunday mornings with some very dewy grass. So the later we can train and, and get some better weather, the better it is for us. But we'll, um, we'll go to Nationals over Easter and we'll pick a squad from that. So um, that squad will then be cut later in the year, probably around June to a team of 20. Okay, well, we'll keep an eye on it and uh, keep us posted on how things are going with the selections and so on. But, Simone, best of luck in these very early stages for the lead-up to 2014's Women's Baseball World Cup in Japan in September. Appreciate your continued support and look forward to talking to you again very soon. Indeed, we'll catch up this weekend, in fact, at the Vata Awards. Looking forward to that. Sounds good, Chris. Simone Wern is the manager of the Emeralds Team Australia in Women's Baseball. Strike, Strike Zone. We must be nearing the end of the program. Warwick Petherbridge has wandered into Strike Zone's little booth in the corner uh, and has handed me a list of topics. The first one is, for the stuff we might have missed this week, what's more important, the championship or the ring? What's going on? Hello, Chris. Hello, Was. Look, uh, the Boston Red Sox last week got their world championship rings in, yeah. a, in their nice home opener at Fenway Park and then mm-hmm. proceeded to get smacked by Milwaukee. They did. Now, look, I'm going to show you a picture of this. Yeah. This is the 2013... Uh, Boston Red Sox championship ring. It's very pretty. And on the side, it has the three titles that they've won in the last 10 years. But yeah. I think for each player, it's how many titles they've actually been a part of. Okay, yeah. So Ortiz, the picture there, has three. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But now, this isn't the best part because it's the inscription. You know how sometimes people buy rings for their loved ones or whatever and get something engraved on the inside of it? Yep. It's the inscription on the inside of this ring. Oh, what's it say on the inside of the ring? Well, we all know that Boston rallied together after the events in the city last year. Yeah, and Boston you know, strong the, the, and one Boston yeah, and so on. And, and the boys all and grew the beards. beards yeah. yes. Bearded brothers and the date that they won the World Series on the inside of their ring. That's kind of cool. But look, just when you think that that's not enough, there's a picture floating <laughs> there's around. Uh, there's a picture floating around of David Ortiz, World Series MVP. This is the extra ring that he got. Oh, an M- a World Series MVP ring. So it was quite interesting <laughs> to see a uh, a man where, like Ortiz with three rings on one hand for his three world championships and this on the other. This is better than the World Series ring in my but opinion. That's very sparkly. I know. 
very pretty. But look, look, uh, yeah, no, yeah, I no, couldn't no. believe it. But if you've got a spare half a million dollars, you could probably have one yourself. Uh, is that what, which one? The the world? I reckon the the uh, the one. MVP the one. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's diamonds everywhere. Okay, let's go from Major League Baseball. We don't often venture from Major League Baseball on this segment. I know we we did the food at the minor league ballparks and so on. Last year, this is even going further away. We're going to high school. Junior perfection, Chris. Junior perfection. Mike Delio, D-E-L-I-O, I don't yeah. know, how, of uh, Carl Place New York High School. Mm. He pitched a perfect game. Yay for him. 21 up, 21 down, because it's seven, seven innings, innings at high school. Yeah. Here's the part that's interesting. All 21 batters were struck out. No, 21 up, 21 down. No ground outs, no flies, no, no, no nothing, no... It all struck out. So no imagine, imagine no flyouts, no walks. But no. you know, sometimes you're in the outfield and you get a bit bored. Imagine being the first baseman at that game. You'd just be standing there, just. Imagine being, imagine being the catcher. Right? You're the only no, one doing yeah, work. No, no. Imagine being the catcher. End of the seventh, right? Two down. The oh. batter's in the box. But I think that's... Ev- two strikes on him. That's every catcher in every perfect game. You don't want to be the one that makes that mistake. Yeah, but in that but, moment where there's 20 strikeouts... But and- imagine if you're like the second string catcher catching this game and you usually play out at left field. You're sitting there thinking, I could have had an easy day's yeah. work. <laughs> I don't know. If you've been out at left field, you've had an easy day's work. But yes, look, yeah. uh, congratulations to... Mike DeLeo, name for the future. Just thought I'd bring that one up, Chris. So no one signed him off the back of that, have they? No. Not yet. Not yet. Okay, name to remember. Uh, what do people do with their spare time, says the piece of paper you have given me. Look at this, Chris. This is a 28,000 piece. It is. Uh, it weighs, yeah, 68 pounds and took 450 hours to make 12-foot square model of Fenway Park. Made out of Lego. Made out of Lego. It, is that not impressive? That is impressive. Can I, uh, last, last year, we saw the uh, the Matchstick uh, Yankee Stadium. Yeah. This year, the, the Lego, Lego, and it's going because there's a big Lego exhibit coming up in Boston, and it was made specifically for that exhibit. Yeah, it's nice, but the the problem with it is it isn't to scale. The people in the crowd are too big. <laughs> Christopher. Yeah, they should have made... How many, does, how many people does Fenway Park hold? I'd say at least forty thousand. Yeah, they should have had. You know, they should have built it around the size of, of had one more, Lego more, person I'm for one real person. That they actually made a Lego green monster. I think that's impressive. Yeah, I think I think that is that is very very impressive. But yes, you realise that's the only green monster you or I would ever be able to hit over. <laughs> Sometimes I doubt if we could even do that, Christopher. Sometimes I doubt if we could even do that. <laughs> Uh, we've got time for the odd spot. We've got a few stories in here, have we? Look, uh, look, 25 years of the Wahoo, 25 Chris. years of the Wahoo. 25 years this week since the release of Major League. Oh, that's an excuse to watch it again. Oh, come on. It's Ricky Vaughan yeah, and uh, P. Serrano yeah. and Willie Mays Hayes. Mm. And being an Indians fan, that's why I thought I'd bring it up. But yeah. yes, like it has stood the test of time. I mean, the other one's not so great. Not so much. But the first one, mm. brilliance. Yep. But look, uh, the other thing I've uh, the other thing this week, forty years, and it's been huge this week. In case you've missed it, since Hank Aaron passed Babe Ruth's yep. home run record, and in this reporter's view, is still the home run record holder. Well, I think there are many people who say that. Have you seen? Uh, there was a PBS documentary, The History of Baseball. By the way, have you seen it yet? Four part documentary series. No, I've got the Ken Burns ten part one. Okay, no, this this was this was relatively recent. I'll, I'll, I'll whack a copy on a DVD for you. Okay, uh, legally people. Legally people, yes. <laughs> well, it was sent to me by someone in America. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. okay, but, but look, I'm not giving you my copy. I'll I'll make a copy. And, and quickly, I got my first Twitter question last week. Did Bruce. you? Do you know what a shrimp is? 
A shrimp. A shrimp. Yes. In baseball games, in baseball slang, what a shrimp is. Now, as you know, before... Bob sent me this question. Uh, uh, well, as you know, before the Major League Baseball games here, I created a 1,600-page ebook which contained all sorts of baseball stuff just in case it came up. You don't know what a shrimp is, though, I do you? I don't know what a shrimp is. A shrimp is a walk-off walk. A walk-off walk? A, uh, a, a website, a guy who does walk-off walk, and for hilarity value only, he puts a video up of a shrimp running on a treadmill to the Benny Hill music. So, in baseball <laughs> slang now, a walk-off walk is a shrimp. A, a shrimp, okay. But uh, look, quickly. We'll, we'll see whether that lasts. Yep, all right. Rice report, our man is back. Mm-hmm. One innings pitched, two hits, two earned runs, and an ERA of 18. But he has only had two appearances so far this year, so they can't all be winners. Yep. And our other man that we're keeping an eye on, Latroy Hawkins, remember him from the uh, Colorado Rockies? Yep. Two innings pitched, uh, two runs, one earned run, one win. One win. One win. And one... Oh, no, sorry, not a win. One save, one hold. Oh, one save, one hold. Okay, yeah. but not a win. No. Not yet. Maybe it is a win, and I'm just reading one. No, it is a win. It one a win, win, one win, and one hold. Are you sure? Yes. I apologise. <laughs> I've got that all wrong. Latroy Hawkins, don't send your fan club after me. <laughs> walk remi- off walk. <laughs> and remind people again, why are we watching these players? Because I like them. Oh, come on. You've got a minute. Uh, well, Latroy Hawkins, uh, what is it, 13 teams in 10 years, yep. and he's had a fan club yep. following him everywhere he's gone. Mm-hmm. And Rice because of 14 years in the minors before his first major league appearance last year. And we don't have anyone to replace Rice this year? No, I like oh. Rice. Oh, okay. You know, if, uh, what's his name, Moyer had a stayed around, I would have stuck on that train too. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. What, what was wrong with Moyer? Oh, nothing. He, he was like, he gave people like you hope, Chris. Yeah, exactly. As did, as did Day Sun Koo when he came out and pitched for Australia. And Day Sun Koo makes his debut for Australia. He's older than me. Really? Uh, admittedly, he's pitched in the majors. So, you know, it's not really... How old is that guy? Um, about two months older than me. So he's, what, 37? <laughs> oh, you say the nicest things you can By the way, get week. ready, Chris, because next week I'm starting. You've got me on this Twitter. I am now yeah. monster the hashtag countdown to 100. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll explain more about that uh, in a fortnight. Actually, we don't have a strike zone on the Easter weekend. Uh, good luck to everyone at the Barter Awards on the Gold Coast this weekend. And, Woz, we'll catch up with you in a fortnight. All right, Chris, talk to you then. You can catch Warwick on Twitter. It's Woz time. That's with a W-O-Z in the middle. You can catch me on Twitter at CJCAU. Uh, or you can use my hashtag ABC Strike if you want to get in touch during the course of the next couple of weeks. I'll catch you in a fortnight with the next edition of Strike Zone.